Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that and us at masters.vc. So this show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. Our intent is to rip that opaque lid off convention or venture conventional venture capital and show you how it works. And there you have it, folks. Hi, Jillian. Hi. Can you say that three times backwards fast? Conventional <laughs> venture capital, right? It, it does sort of roll off the tongue and the mm -hmm. flop. The flump. <laughs> I think we're actually going to rip the lid off all of venture capital because it's lots more than just conventional venture capital. We kind of know as that standard, I'm going to hand you money, you're going to hand me stock, we're done, wait for the exit. You know, that that's kind of what we talk about as conventional venture capital. But there's so many nuances. So anyway, what's on your mind this week? What should we talk about? Well, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about a lot about impact investing versus conventional VC investing. That's easier okay. to say. Um, and we've learned that impact investing performs at or better than public markets most of the time, like 85% of the time. We also have learned and explained in the previous shows, and we'll throw the links to those in, the, um, in our LinkedIn as well. Uh, we have also learned that diverse leadership outperforms homophily as well. And you remember what homophily is, Jillian, right? Right. Homogeneous uh, senior leadership. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not, yeah, 30-something uh, white guys or something like that. Mm. Um, anyway, or those are the founders, but the all white guys who went to Stanford or Harvard. Anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking about those, and we covered a lot of territory with those, and we had a lot of um, passion around the topic. And I'm still feeling passionate because I got to thinking about a conversation we had with our guest, Julianne Zimmerman. Remember, that was like a couple of months ago, I think. Yes. And um, we kept talking afterwards. And some of the things she said after that were really impactful to me. And so I wanted to bring up this one quote because I want to throw it in the mix for conversation today. So, so wait a minute. You're actually going to share with the public the private conversation we had after the show. Boy, talk about a peek under the hood. Okay, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> well, I, she did say that she was all game for, you know, to continue the conversation. Okay. So, <laughs> so one of the things that she said was, um, and I agree with this, um, our economy has become very badly frayed and extremely brittle as a result of the hyper-concentration of capital and a kind of idiotic fetishization with uh, uh, both venture capital unicorn narratives and stock market dynamics, which, neither of which, is the economy, exclamation point. 
right? That's actually one of the most brilliant statements I've heard in 2020. She's absolutely correct. She is uh, correct. None of the, the economy, the economy is frayed and and brittle, if you would, because um, yes, it, it's set to explode or, or crack if we don't get a handle on this. Um, and she's absolutely right that I mean, you and I built the entire master's fund based on this, that venture, the venture capital unicorn narrative is really um, a tiny piece of, of what's possible in terms of capitalization of companies. We talk about this again and again and again. It just serves this really tiny piece, uh, piece of the market. And yet it's the only one that gets any attention. So people think so, it's the only thing out there. So just last week, I listened to an interview with investor David Fialco. And mm -hmm. This is actually going to go directly to what you just said, my dear, um, who co-funded General Catalyst. It's a two and a half billion dollar investment fund that is backed, among other things, Stripe. You know? mm -hmm. um, he had a lot to say about investing for impact and the shared responsibility to foster social justice. And we'll get to his comments in a bit. But first, the, the program was sponsored by First Republic Bank. And I would mm -hmm. do a little shout out here. That's our bank. We love them. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, um, the uh, uh, chief banking officer, Michael Selfridge, opened up the conversation with this comment. It's a venture, and this goes back to what you were saying. I mean, it relates to it. Um, venture capital is vital to American innovation. On a dollar basis annually, the amount of venture investing in America represents just two-tenths of 1%, and yet the revenues generated from venture-backed technology companies represents more than 20% of our gross domestic product. So it's conventional venture capital, as you say, is a tiny piece of the whole ecosystem, but look what it's done. And that, now what I wanna know, so you take our freight economy and, of course, then you throw the landmine in it of, um, or actually it's more of a neutron bomb of a global pandemic. Um, and oh, yeah, and then there's race relation issues as well. Uh, and you throw that on top of a freight economy that is uh, uh, frayed for the reasons that Julianne was saying. Okay, so how do we reconcile the statement from uh, the bank leadership and what Julianne said, a freight economy because of the hyper-concentration, but that hyper-concentration has created uh, more than 20% of our gross domestic product. I'm struggling with that. And I just want to know, is that too much to chew over on today's show, Jillian? <laughs> or should we dive in and have at it? Oh, it's us. Let's do this. <laughs> this conversation could go on for hours, no question. But, you know, I think there's stuff we can say here. Um, you know, we talk a, a lot on this podcast about how conventional venture capitalists are not a good funding match for about 80% of their portfolios because that's about the sum that dies, right? And about the Kaufman Foundation's report that notes that more than half of VC funds fail to return ROI to their investors at all. So with those kinds of things, Things, we know that what we're really talking about is actually a small percentage of conventional VC companies that invest or have the capital enough of it to invest in companies that become these unicorns and the unicorns are responsible for 20% of the economy, right? It kind of, it flows from one to the next. It's actually a tiny piece of a tiny piece of a tiny piece. And it's like, wow, when you put all that together, the question is, 
Um, is 20% a lot, a little, just what we're expecting? Is it that 80-20 rule, right? That 20% of the economy comes from its most powerful companies. It just makes sense to me that what we're really saying is that large new companies generate more capital for the U.S. economy than the large older companies or the small and midsize. But do they actually? Because you still got 80% of the economy left. So they don't create more of it. They're just a substantive piece. Right? That makes all kinds of sense to me. Of course, the new company is going to be a powerful impact on the economy. Uh, they're you know, they're new, they're fast growing, and they're addressing the future of the way we're going to live and work as opposed to the past. There are some major enterprise companies that have an increasing share of a declining market, right? Those guys are, are kind of going away over time. Uh, there are massive industries. We talked about things like the newspaper industry that didn't understand that it wasn't in the business of printing paper and delivering it, but rather in the business of generating the news. So, you know, those kinds of things happen. Um, specific kinds of companies that are going to be winners and losers in the automotive industry and energy and all of those stuff, right? So all of that makes sense to me. It's actually not that big a sum, is it? I mean, 20%, it's a 20-80 rule. It, it kind of yeah. falls into the natural thought process, yeah? I could see where you're going with that. Um, so there was one interesting comment, and we're going to get to this in the second half, a lot more of uh, what I learned listening to David Fialco, a general okay. catalyst, uh, but and trying to address this this uh, question in my head. But one uh, before we go to break, I'll just tell you a quick story he told. Uh, they they um, have done very well with Stripe. You know, it's a payments yeah, company. Sure. And he said that uh, when they were pitching um he said they were actually pitching stripe because they wanted it they wanted a deal not the other way around but what he's he said was something about you know i'm trying to figure out you know what can i give these these two irish guys who dropped out of mit and harvard and he said um i said i'll make some introductions and they said oh okay you know give it tell us what you mean and after about three names that he mentioned, David Fialco, uh, he said, uh, Patrick threw up his hands, that's the CEO and co-founder, and said, do you understand? Except he said this in a really thick Irish brogue, which I can't do. He said, do you understand that most of the customers we will have are companies that haven't even been started yet? Because what we're doing is so new and it will create a new service for a whole lot of companies that will then be formed. And I thought, well, that's interesting when you think about what you were saying about the, um, about uh, established companies, you know, and, and, right. and you know, and, and where that goes. Right. So again, I wonder if this 20% that we just heard about was uh, that, for example, Google or Stripe or, you know, whatever, the, the large company itself has generated the 20% of the um, uh, GDP or whether Stripe, for example, that has now engendered the formation of all of these other companies includes the uh, revenue of those other companies in that GDP. I'm not really sure. That's uh, a really good point. to break point. that number down. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think we can go to our friends at First Republic and ask them at yeah. some point. Um, so we do need to take a break now for our sponsors. And uh, this is VC Confidential, and we'll be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, and we're talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. And today, we are in specific talking about I don't know, is it a, a disconnect about how much conventional venture capital has uh, contributed to our economy? We said, you know, 20% of GDP. And yet the hyper-concentration on, um, on the unicorn formation um, uh-huh. has really left us with a frayed and brittle economy, according to our friend Julianne Zimmerman, um, that is uh, now just whammied, you know, with the pandemic. Yeah. So, so where I'm do we go that, from here? <laughs> right. But what I really want to say is it, it isn't just about the money. Again, it's back to that Milton Friedman stuff we talked about last September. Um, you know, it's about the social responsibilities of venture capital rather than a business in its, uh, you know, entirety. Where would we take that conversation? Does venture capital rank itself or, or is are its metrics really or should they be only about the amount of GDP that it puts into an economy? Is it only about the amount of capital it sticks back into the pockets of its investors? Or is there something more than money that venture capital should look at as well? And my thought is that all business has multiple responsibilities, um, some of which are not directly related to capital, but in the end, they really are. If venture capital, for example, focuses on this unicorn-only, um, you know, uh, theory, then it creates a very inequitable society, and that cannot last long, right? Revolution is fomented on the empty bellies of men. Thank you, Karl Marx, yeah. right? But you know, it's. Um, or it's Trotsky, actually, I think who said that one. But nevertheless, you get the idea. The point is that longer-term um, view on uh, on what it is you're supposed to return to your investors is worthy of any company to look at, right? It isn't just the money in your pockets now, but are you living in a society you want to live in or are you part of the problem making that society something you don't want to live in or that cannot long survive, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so, I think we should talk about that social responsibility. Well, uh, there's, here's another comment from our friend Julianne um, Zimmerman, Reinventure Capital. Um, it, uh, she said to us, I think that one of the things that we recognize as is as the supposedly wise hominids that is that our instincts in our default actions are not always in our best interest. Mm -hmm. So, says Julianne, I think it's very much about recognizing self-interest, whether that narrow self-interest or enlightened self-interest or communal self-interests. Mm -hmm. And she goes on to say, there's a strong case to be made for checking homophily and moving beyond it. But she's suggesting we redefine kinship around, let's say, a shared purpose, which so sounds takes you right back to your impact investing. Yes, it does. I mean, it sounds very much like uh, the Nordic countries, if you will, right? Scandinavian countries, um, where our friend um, uh, kind of talks about this greater sense of we, right? Um, oh, Mikkel, Mikkel. That's the right. Mikkel yes, the Mikkel the Mip Svensson. Yes. He, he said um, very wisely years ago, he said, here in uh, Scandinavia, we have a greater sense of we. We don't mind taking about 70% of what we earn, putting it in the collective pot and saying, what shall we do with it? He said, but you in the States say, they are taking 20% of my income from me, a greater sense of I and me. Um, he may be right. First of all, our taxes are actually much, much higher. They're closer to 35 to 50%, you know, between the, I don't know, your vehicle taxes and your real estate taxes and your sales taxes and so on and so forth, right? All of those things, not just your income tax. Um, but we don't have this greater sense of we. I think Julianne Zimmerman is onto something, that we redefine what the communal self-interest looks like. And that isn't only about individual acquisition of capital. Uh, in other words, the investors getting the largest portion back now, but looking at it over the long term. And, um, you know, kind of when everybody wins, everybody wins. And yeah. when some people have to fail for a few to win, even those few who win will ultimately fail. So how long of you do you want to take on this? Um, but well, maybe. even a short, even a short view is relevant um, because another uh, story that David Fialco told and golly, mm -hmm. if there's a recording put out of this, I'm going to put the link up in our LinkedIn because it was a pretty good interview. Um, he's an interesting guy. Uh, anyway, uh, he was talking about Quest, the mm -hmm. diagnostics wow. company that yeah. did a huge pivot to um, make, um, to provide more testing mm -hmm. uh, because it, with COVID, that was the issue. And right. Um, the, this had to be done on, on a corporate level because there was really not much coming out of uh, uh, government to mandate any of this. Anyway, what he the point he made, and he used Quest as an example, he said, really, really good leaders who have a really good focus on what is needed right now as a society put their companies a little bit behind what the society needs and they create extraordinary outcomes. And he quotes the Quest story as an example of that. And hmm. I think that's talking about looking at what you, what you just said, Jillian, what, is, um, what does the society need? What does the community need? You know, let's mm -hmm. think more about our uh, 
our chosen, you know, our, our community kin and how we're gonna serve them rather than serving um, merely the dollars. Right. So as we think about that uh, a little bit beyond or maybe a lot beyond just venture capital, I'm mindful that as we look at ways to bring this economy out of its tailspin and, you know, to, if you will, <laughs> re-establish an economy. We're not looking to return it to an old normal. We actually have to design a new one. And in addition, um, as we look at pulling a economies out of the water, traditionally that's happened because of war. What pulled us out of the Great Depression was a world war. Um, things, similar things have happened, but that one is kind of uh, top of mind, if you will. I don't think we want that to be our next solution again. Military conquest and you know military action and so on, it's a really bad way to pull an economy back together. So, so I, what I, shall we do? Is I the would question. argue that we are, and I say this a lot to a lot of friends in casual conversations, right now we are living in life in wartime. If you look about how constrained our uh, are moving about is and how, you know, at all this testing, it's just a different kind of war. It's a war yes, against it a pandemic. And out of that, you know, what, what made, brought us out of the depression was all the things that the industries that needed to be built and rebuilt, um, the aviation industry, you know, the, um, the arms industry, not my favorite, um, mm -hmm. but, um, but they all had to be, they, they were not uh, uh, robust in this country and they had to be built. Okay, mm -hmm. now let's just shift over here for a minute and look at, oh, I don't know, healthcare, which okay. is so clearly broken in this country. And, you know, it, it, it took the pandemic to show just how broken it is, you know, when people don't have insurance or when uh, hospitals don't have enough PPE. So reinvigorating, reinventing just the healthcare business Mm -hmm. in terms of um, the uh, delivery, uh, telemedicine, um, uh, products, uh, pharmaceuticals, oh, and the vaccine, you know, those okay. are all so going to rebuild those industries. Um, so that makes sense. We have to rebuild industries and we have to build new ones just as we do, if you will, in wartime. That makes sense. And if you do so and you use conventional venture capital, 80% of every company funded is going to die. I keep saying the same thing. I don't think VCs make mistakes on 96% of their investment decisions. I think they're using the wrong funding models. And I do think that if we're going to rebuild an economy and we're going to use venture capital to do so, we have to broaden the kinds of venture capital funding that are out there uh, to accommodate you know, at least the 80% that are dying. Certainly some of them are gonna die anyway. They were good ideas, but they didn't have for whatever reason, uh, the kind of, um, you know, executive leadership or the, the markets changed or whatever it is. So they're gonna die. I get that. but. Many of these companies, if not all, are solving very pressing problems for the world. We're not killing off the local greengrocer. We're killing off the finest companies on the planet. They got the VC money. So if we right. do that, then I think we still have to address again, you know, here, right here, we got to address this thing about the expanded funding models so that people building good companies that don't necessarily have to go and, uh, you know, for the billion dollar exit can build very decent companies that will line their own pockets that they can go and invest in the next group and the next and the next. I think that makes more sense. And we are going to do just that 
after the break. Okay. This is VC Confidential, and we'll be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are talking about just what is the responsibility of venture capital now in a pandemic and going forward post-pandemic? How are we going to use this wartime-like period to rebuild our companies? And before the break, Jillian, you said that, you know, what we Oh, what we say all the time, because we think it's ridiculous about uh, venture capital killing off 80% of the companies that they invest in, and they are the best and, you know, they're the funded companies, they're the best in the world. I want to say we don't have that kind of time to kill off 80% of the companies that are trying to solve the real issues that exist right now in, in, uh, in global. Right. Right. One of two things is true. Either the company should not have received venture capital and they were just throwing that venture capital out because they had to invest in something. Or two, those companies really are very good and the very form of funding was not suitable and it is part of the problem and the demise. So with that in mind, we know again that some of those companies are going to die anyway. The balance could remain and they could be very viable. I would say that the role of venture capital in this rebuilding of the economy is to expand itself. I don't think it's broken in what it does well, right? And it has created, if you will, uh, very fine companies that have supported now 20% of the GDP, right? But getting tighter on their focus, becoming more efficient in how they spend their capital still makes sense. 
this is not just a numbers game, which I keep hearing again and again. I'm going, that's such thin thinking. It's so specious. You just throw out all this stuff and sooner or later something's going to work. That's nonsense. Isn't that get like spaghetti better. at a wall? <laughs> exactly. And I'm thinking, no, get better at your decision making. Figure that out, right? I mean, again, over a quarter of a decade and more, women are providing 35% higher ROI to their investors. Are they doing it at the unicorn level? Nope. How come? Is it because they can't get the capital or because they're building different kinds of companies? Is it both? Do they build smaller companies because they know they can't get the capital? Let's figure out those kinds of things. Efficiencies in the business of venture capital is the job of venture capital today. It has to take a deep look inward and not just say, oh, we have to do a better job of funding people who happen to be African-American. That isn't going to cut it, guys. You have to do a better job of making your decisions and then a better job of kind of spreading out the models. We talk about constantly structured equity models. That's what we do at the master's fund, right? Um, we, it looks like a venture capital investment. I hand you cash, you hand me stock. And then we have a structured exit in which the company buys back the stock. This is good for all kinds of things and we can get into the funding model later, but there's so many more. There are special purpose vehicles. Um, there are special purpose acquisition companies, there are dividend models, royalty agreements, revenue share loans, other kinds of loans, all of those capitalize early stage companies. We have to stop with what Julianne called the single narrative of this conventional venture capital and move to a much broader narrative. And it's up to venture capital itself, I think, to make that broader narrative narrative happen. I think you and I are doing a pretty good job of it right here on VC Confidential. And every time we speak publicly or write our stuff, we talk about it. But I'm hoping that the billion and trillion dollar funds out there also talk about alternatives instead of trying to get a piece of things they really have no business investing in. So I want to go back one more time to um, something David Fialco said, Fialco, uh, is that with power comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. All of us who have the empowerment and the responsibility to be really impactful, and it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you do it, because people's capacities are different. Um, and I think that's a really good point, but he also pointed out we need to uh, face that the world has changed. Um, mm -hmm. It shouldn't have taken what we're going through to make yeah. us so aware of that. But clearly now it's undeniable the world going forward has to be different. And we as leaders have to lead a very different way. Bum, chick, da -da. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's very wise. And I think um, he has a good handle on that. Um, so in that leading in the different way, I think we've kind of outlined what we expect the conventional venture capitalists to do. Um, I talk a lot about the fact that it's hubris to think that, you know, they can invest in everybody and every idea and every solution and so on. They can't but they can establish trusted relationships with a much broader group of VCs who understand broader sets of problems, whether it's geographic differences, gender differences, uh, just experiential differences. You know, if, if you haven't lived it, you don't know if the problem and the solution being brought to you is, you know, real or rubbish, that's okay. Just establish the relationships with VCs who can do that due diligence and allot a reasonable sum of capital to invest in those kinds of solutions. Um, what's not okay is to continue business as usual. 
and to have tall white guys with baritone voices funding tall white guys with baritone voices yeah. with the same experience in their lives. It's not okay to do that. Yeah. Um, and that is such a, um, a, a strong way to end uh, this episode of VC Confidential, which we must, another 26 <laughs> minutes has just flown by. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of this shrouded corner of business finance, not for long if we have anything to do with it, uh, known as venture capital. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on this new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to all our episodes right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you like to get your podcasts. You will also find all of our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.